Calls for Artists are an accessible avenue for emerging artists to try their hand in the market. They can offer experience, bragging rights, and if you're really lucky, short-term monetary gains. In this episode, we'll go over some of the ins, outs, and ups and downs of applying to these opportunities, all right? Let's get into it. This is Art Life Confidential, and I'm your host, Tracy L. Turner. Right. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you are doing well out there. Before we get started, I just wanted to say a big thank you to those of you who have taken the time to rate and subscribe to Art Life Confidential, be it via Apple Podcasts slash iTunes or any other uh, podcast listening outlet. Uh, the, the ratings really help me know what you guys are digging about the show and it lets these podcast providers know what people are listening to so they can get it in front of more people. So, um, if you like the show, definitely tell your friends about it, rate, subscribe and comment and, um, yeah, let me know that you're out there. All right. Thanks again. And let's get going here. So, Welcome to season two of Art Life Confidential. <laughs> it's like, nah, um, it's not another season. I just took a long ass break and um, now I'm back trying to get my bearings again. I needed to uh, take some time off to get my mind right and work on some other shit. I've become a little more active. <laughs> if you've been listening to some of the previous episodes, you may recall that I've been in a little bit of a slump in my artistic life. So that just kind of put a halt on a lot of other things. Uh, this podcast being one of them, but I think I've been crawling out of the slump now. And, uh, I've been, let's see, I've been working on a few projects that, and, They've all kind of been going on at the same time, which I mean, is probably a good thing. But the challenge is being able to to get everything to progress at the same time. I have not figured that out yet. What seems to happen is that things seem to only move forward in cycles for me. So basically one thing at a time, I can't work on all things at once to progress them at the same speed. It's just, okay, painting a little bit, get that moving forward, blogging, moving forward a little bit. Okay, now podcasting, I can dedicate some time to that. It all just kind of moves uh, at a really strange pace. And I don't know, I'm, I'm sure it's fine. That's just probably the way I need to work, just focusing on one thing at a time. But it can be a little bit annoying. I'm, I'm not going to lie because I want everything to get out at about the same time or at least move forward at about the same time. But whatever. Here we are. Thank you for listening. Let's see. The f- uh, one thing that I've been able to do since the last episode was that I completed my first public work of art. Yeah, it's a that was that's a really big deal. 
It is a traffic signal box that I submitted a proposal for to the city of Reno uh, that was earlier this year, and I was able to get one, and I finally finished it. It's located in downtown Reno, and um, if you want to see that, you can check it out on my website, TracyLTurner.com. It is in the blog section. So, so yeah, you can see what that's about. I also was able to get back into painting some of my own things since the last episode. Mostly, they're more like exercises, just low-pressure paintings, nothing too deep. It's just to kind of get myself back into the swing of things, see how I feel about painting. It still feels good. So I guess art's not done with me yet, as a friend of mine said. (laughs) And yeah, and I also applied for a couple of things that I'm waiting to hear back about, one of which is a chance to attend a podcast workshop for women of color, and it's sponsored by Spotify. So, okay, let's get into today's topic, which is artist calls, okay? What are they? Where and how do you find them? Benefits and downsides and tips to help your chances when applying. We are going to go through all of that today. And I'll also go into talking about my own experience with responding to artist calls. So hopefully you can learn a little bit from my mistakes and my successes with all of that. So, all right. First, what are calls for artists? If you don't know, what they are is that they are listings by galleries, art conventions, art spaces, and various other events that are looking for artists to show their work. Sometimes artist residency programs could be listed amongst the people or or entities, I guess, that are looking for artists for their programs. In my opinion, calls for artists are good for niggas who are just starting out or want to try to boost their reach beyond, I guess, their their local sector. So if you are an artist who maybe hasn't had a lot of experience yet, but wants to kind of challenge yourself a little bit and see how you you stack up in a different area. Um, Responding to a call for artists might be a good way for you to stretch your wings a little bit. All sorts of institutions put out calls for artists. And if you can get your work into a decent gallery through one of these things, it could be a step in the right direction of starting a relationship with the pertinent people. If you don't know by now, I'll tell you, and this will probably be something that I'll reiterate throughout the run of this podcast, is that a large part of progressing your art career is through networking and relationships. And um, if you're able to get your work into a show via, or I should say a a big show via a call for, for artists, having your name attached to something like that sometimes could have you connected to the quote-unquote 
right people. Especially if you get into a call for artists that's through a popular or prestigious gallery, because that would mean that your work comes across those people that run it. And if you get into a show, then it's already a good sign that your work could maybe do something there. And if you end up meeting those people and are good enough to kind of parlay that opportunity to something bigger than that, then you'd really be on your way to winning out here for real. Typically in a call for artist listing, they'll tell you what the show is about, what the criteria is for applying, whether they're accepting local applicants or just anyone. Some may offer a background about the event or the gallery itself, or um, sometimes they'll tell you who will be reviewing the work in order to get into the show, which will be a point that I'll expand upon in a little bit. Sometimes the events are competition-based, meaning that a jury will judge the artwork at the show and award prizes for best in show. Other times, there's simply a way to add experience to your artist resume, which may sound like a weak cop-out, but if you're thinking about your career long-term, then this is a point that matters. It doesn't really hurt to pad your resume up with important showings. Those are exactly the receipts that you need to help prove your value in the market. So how and where do you find calls for artists? So here is where you'll have to do a little bit of work on your own because a lot of the times they're not just going to show up in front of your face. You have to do a little bit of legwork to be able to find the the right ones. And they can be found pretty much all over. <laughs> the majority of the listings that I tend to find, I find them through a website called callforentry.org. It's free to create an account and sign up and they have really good filters to help you search for call for entries that are either in your area or maybe national. Um, I think you can even filter it through by medium. So if you are a photographer, you can search for calls for artists that are specifically for photography or um, landscape art or something like that. It's a huge database that compiles uh, just a whole slew of entries across the country. So I definitely think that's a great place to start if you're looking to kind of see what's out there. Other calls for artists are ones that I find through friends. They'll send me links <laughs> to things that they find online or, um, or I'll find them through Instagram and other forms of social media. Another way to kind of stay in the loop is by following some of the more well-known artist publications and outlets such as magazines, galleries, their, their websites. It could be as simple as just subscribing to their email lists so you can stay in the loop. And as soon as something comes up, you're immediately notified and you can stay on top of that and be, um, be ahead of the deadline so you're not scrambling to throw something throw something in the mix. I also find calls for artists through just 
um, local shops and community bulletins, stuff like that. Uh, again, that's something you'll have to, you'll have to kind of look for that stuff and just keep your eye out for for those um, for the, for those flyers and and calls. Sometimes they may not have something going on at the time, but you just have to check back periodically or just do a Google search. You can find a lot of things that way. Just search call for artists 2018 or something like that or calls for artists in Maryland and or wherever you live. And that could also be a good place to start. And if you really want to try to be super organized and really just kind of look like you're on top of your shit, you can start keeping a running list of the calls for artists that you find. Either make a bank of links, like save them in a Google Doc or something or in Google Keep, or you can take it a step even further than that and create a spreadsheet that includes deadlines, links to the event, the names of the judges, the locations, etc., all of that. I don't even go that far. At best, what I do is just keep a running list of the calls for artists that I find. I may or may not even include the deadline when I list them. Uh, I, I I haven't been able to get that organized, but hey, just just a little tip in case you wanna you you're a person that needs to do that. It, it can't hurt. So let's go into some of the benefits and downsides, or as they like to say at my job, plus deltas. <laughs> I never heard that vernacular before. Uh, it must be some sort of business talk. I don't know why they just don't say plus minuses. I guess minus is too negative or something. Man, fuck that. Here, we keep it real. Ups, downs, yes, no's, heavens, hells, plus minuses. We, <laughs> we, I'm going to tell it like it is. So let's start with some of the negative things about applying to calls for artists. Number one, application fees which isn't necessarily the same as a pay-to-play setup. Um, This is just speaking to having to pay just to even be considered. You're not even guaranteed to get in by paying an application fee. Most of these events try to to have to try to make their money where they can, and if they can do it on the front end, you better believe that they're going to do it. (laughs) Keep in mind that these are businesses at the end of it all. And honestly, I don't know what the money really goes to when you are uh, paying for these application fees, but let's take some guesses. My guess is that it probably helps to alleviate some of the costs of shit like hanging, hanging materials, promotion, probably snacks and libations for the reception of the show or event, paying their guest judges, I assume. I mean, I doubt that the the majority of these judges that they have for for this for these processes are um unpaid. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe the money goes to shit like the building fund. Anyone go to black church? <laughs> the building fund. So who knows what that means? Just other miscellaneous costs. I have no idea what application fees go towards. I just know that a lot of them ask for it. And it's something to keep in mind 
when you are um, out here looking for shit to apply to. Another minus are um, commission fees. Bitch, let me tell you. (laughs) Some of these places have a high artist venue split that, I mean, it just don't make no damn sense sometimes. Some of these places won't even be galleries and they'll be asking for 40% commission off of the sales. And they don't even know who you are at all as an artist, but yet they'll have you believing that they deserve that much of a cut from the sale of your work. Just no, no. If it, if it was an actual gallery that had some sort of great reputation and was consistent about selling their work and promotion and got all the work in front of the right people and just really was set up in a way for for the maximum chance of of success on your end then sure okay 30 40% that seems that's that's actually about typical for a gallery but for some place that's i don't know a coffee shop or some sort of art fair that's asking for a commission i don't know how how um common that is but but you'd be surprised what these places will try to ask for when it comes to making money off of your work i'll just say be sure to read the fine print and um just kind of use common sense and and just uh be aware of what these places may ask for um as far as uh, the commission from selling your work at these things. Because sometimes, man, they be really smelling themselves and they just really don't deserve that much of a cut from the sale. Just saying. Price your work accordingly. Another minus uh, I mentioned a couple minutes ago, pay-to-play options or vanity galleries, which is pretty much the same thing. These are events and venues where basically you have to pay to show your work. And usually it's a guaranteed slot, but it's going to cost you a pretty penny in order for you to to do so. One really well-known pay-to-play art event is the uh, the Raw Artists show. Some of you may be familiar with the Raw Artists organization. I did a show with them once. I probably wouldn't do it again, mostly because they do ask for a lot of money up front. Well, I'll say maybe, okay, they don't ask for money up front, but basically they kind of do. They, they, they disguise it under ticket sales. So you're supposed to sell $200 worth of tickets, which I think ends up being maybe about 20 tickets. And if you aren't able to sell those those tickets, then you have to come out of pocket for those costs. So say you only sold 60 bucks worth of tickets, you're then responsible to pay the 140 (laughs) bucks to make up uh, for that $200. 
and you're not even guaranteed selling your own work while you're there. Yeah, I, I, it was fun when I did it. I was really just starting out, and so I was convinced that it was worth it just to do it and have my work shown. But yeah, I, I wouldn't do that again. I probably wouldn't advise anyone <laughs> to do to do it. Um, I think, I don't know, maybe it's a case-by-case basis, but raw artists specifically, I probably wouldn't recommend in the future. Uh, well, these, these, these places, these pay-to-play places or vanity galleries, they entice artists, usually the baby deer artists or emerging artists, with the currency of exposure. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> uh, I've been do- doing art professionally for a couple of years now, and I ain't been able to eat shit off of exposure, not that I know of. So don't let too many places romance you with the idea of exposure. Sometimes, yeah, it's worth it just for that, but other times, no. No, 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 no. You got to feel confident that you're getting more than just that off of your work sometimes. Um, But yeah, these places will tell you that your artwork will be well promoted and and they offer the chance to be connected to to well-known entities and art collectors or that there's going to be so many people in attendance as at this um at at their event that yeah you really have to be there they really try to convince you of that shit but but really once they have their money if you're paying up front once they have that they really don't have an incentive to follow through on any of that shit that they're telling you so that's something to keep in mind going into something like this i mean i wouldn't do again any pay to play shows if I could help it. Um, but if you're just really, really curious or if you're not broke like the rest of us artists, then maybe it's worth the risk. Um, I just think that most of these places, unless the entry fee is really cheap, it's not worth it. Um, for the most part, what I've been able to see is that the cost that they request up front are just way too fucking much for what you may actually get out of it. Um, So again, if money isn't an issue for you, or if you are someone who is really great at promotion and networking, and you have a loyal enough following that gets involved and engaged with the things that you're doing, then you'll probably succeed going this by going this route. Um, but personally for those of us who do not have quote unquote startup costs (laughs) or anything like that for artistic businesses, just, I would say stay away from those types of, um, setups. I mean, application fees are one thing that's to be expected, but to go into something feeling like, okay, I have to pay y'all in order for me to have a space here, mm, I say only do it if the cost is, I don't know, 30 to 50 bucks to have a table at a place. Anything beyond that, no, fuck it. Don't, don't even be bothered unless you're rich. <laughs> Another minus is that you can do all this and your work may not even sell, which is the case with any show that you do really. But 
It can feel like an even bigger loss if you set yourself up with the expectation that you'll get a sale, which some of these places, uh, the way that they word their events, sometimes they may have you thinking that you're going to be able to have a high chance of getting your work sold. Or um, if you end up going through the process of having to ship your work out of state and then it doesn't sell, then, I mean, there's it's just, it, you just take another hit financially. Or if you take it a step further, you fly your ass out to where the show is just so you can be a part of it, which is what I did one time. And I didn't, my work didn't even sell, but I was just so pressed. It it was a show in Florida. It was for an event called Nude Night. And it was basically all about the nude figure, which fit my work um, very well. And it was the first time I had ever shown in a place that I never lived. And I don't know, I was just like, fuck it, I don't even care if I sell my artwork, this is a big deal and I need to be there and I want to network and be at this event and be with my artwork and take pictures. And yeah, I mean, so I spent the money, one, to ship my shit out to this event and then to fly myself out there, have a, get a place to stay in a rental car just so I can attend this one night <laughs> event. And I didn't even sell any work. So I spent a lot of money for this this event and got nothing out of it. I mean, I had fun. I definitely had fun. I viewed it as more of a a vacation, which I had to at that point. Shit. But (laughs) I wouldn't say do that unless you had the money. I had the money at the time. And so and I was just pressed. So, yeah, I um, went really went the extra mile with that. Uh, but yeah, definitely be mindful of your finances when you're getting into these things and, um, be aware that you could really be putting a lot of money and time into something and your work may not even sell. So, all right, let's move on to what some positives of, um, applying to calls for artists. All right. For one, it builds experience and pads your resume, which, all right, it's pretty self-explanatory and probably to be expected, though it is nice to get bragging rights. Being able to to get these types of experiences under your belt helps validate and strengthen your stance as a professional artist for future opportunities. I mean, um, and, and it's even better if your work ends up selling at at these events but it's just one of those things so I view shit like this as um as one of those necessary evils or 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 like a stepping stone so you know how when you're first entering the workforce you take a shitty job (laughs) or I shouldn't say shitty because not all first jobs are shitty but but obviously it's it's not something that you tend you're going to do forever it's just something that you have to do to to get work experience and I think that's one way to view these you know, getting into these shows it's just I wouldn't say make it your primary mode of getting your work out there but sprinkle it in and and just just use it for experience 
another uh, plus for uh, of these things is it they help expand your reach. So say if you're looking for a way to get your art outside of your regular environment or you maybe you want to see how you might stack up against other independent artists, it's a great way to try to see where you may fall. As they say in Mortal Kombat, test your might. <laughs> do, they, do they still do that in the later games? But anyway, yeah, test your might and get your ass out there. Just test the waters and see how you may do. Responding to calls for artists could kind of help with that. It, um, getting into the shows or, or even just applying, it gets your work in front of a totally different set of people, which can be a bit of an experiment. Yeah, art is objective, but seeing the type of response that you get from people who have no clue who you are is a way to informally quantify or, or qualify your current state in the market. I mean, if you really want to take it that seriously. Another plus is that your work may actually sell <laughs> or you may win a prize from being in the show or the prize. I mean, you never know. It could really pay off. I mean, don't get married to the thought of it because it's sometimes really hard to make it to to that level. I would say this the bonus level of applying to these things. I think just being able to get in is a really great, great feat if you're able to win or maybe even get, I don't know, top three in the judging of these shows and that's bonus. But um, I think you should know that you stand about as good of a chance as anyone else in these things. Another plus that was something that I found really helpful about applying to to these various shows is that it helps you practice writing about your artwork, which is extremely important, it, in my opinion, at least. It's one of the biggest things that should that you should be good at when it comes to being a professional, serious artist. A lot of applications that you may come across will have written portions where you will have to describe your work either individually, collectively, or as it pertains to the show where you're applying. This skill could be something that can make or break your chances. So when you're filling out these things, spin your story and be able to spin it well, be articulate, have someone look it over if you're not confident enough to send it in on your own just by proofreading and looking through it you're looking through it yourself these people really want to see how well you can tell them what your work is about so some tips and advice based off of what I've learned <laughs> from my own experiences with this uh, hopefully this can kind of help you have, or, or I should say, be set up for success as you approach these things. So number one, big, huge thing, choose wisely. If you're applying all willy nilly to these shits, you may end up more disappointed than not. 
Not only can it be a huge money suck because of the application fees, if you get rejected pretty often, it can really fuck with your morale. But if money isn't an object for you and you just know that you're the next big thing since fucking Jeff Koons and and you have thick skin, then shit, go forth, young man. Some of these events are better suited for you than others. So keep in mind the type of art is that that's requested. And so by that, basically, I just mean do your research. Research the company that's sending out this call for artists. So for example, Juxtapose, Juxtapose magazine, they feature a very specific type of art. The kind of um, surrealist pop art illustration kind of style. Maybe even some would call it lowbrow art. So if your art doesn't fall under that, then just keep scrolling. Don't even bother. (laughs) You're going to waste your time and your money. If you do video art or, or sculpture, you have no business applying to a call for artists that is for photography or for painting. Just don't even bother. Research the judges if applicable. Sometimes uh, these people have a specific taste as well. And you'll be able to tell either through the write-up on the place's website or if you just look up their name and see what other shows they may have curated or where they work or what type of work that they may do themselves. I mean, it's an extra step for sure. So it's not necessary and it's not always a fail-safe action either, but it could kind of help you gauge your chances as far as um, whether you may get accepted into the show or not. With that being said, keep in mind that judging is subjective. Even if you think you know what the judges want, you still never know what they may be feeling that day that they're looking through the applications or how they might think your art, your artworks fits in with the other applicants. They're people, so they're fickle and hard to predict, and um, they may not judge your work the same way as you view it. So, so yes, <laughs> you can even you can research a judge and still not even know where they may lean because who knows what they're thinking or feeling the day that they're looking through this shit. So, um, so yeah, not a fail-safe action, but, I mean, it could help. Another thing is not to take it personally if you don't get selected. This is a huge one because I mean, I've gotten rejected several times. There's this one fucking bitch-ass publication <laughs> that sends me a call for artists fucking every year it's, um, I think, New American Paintings Magazine or some shit. And I've applied to them pose, what, I think two or three years in a row. And different judges every fucking time. And I was never able to get in. And then you look on the damn website and you see the people that do get in. And you're like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> um, so, as you can tell, yes, I have a little bit of bitterness about that and they tried to get me to apply for that shit this year and I'm like no hell no you're not getting my money anymore for applying to this bullshit you're not not accepting me I'm tired of you (laughs) I'll take my art and money elsewhere thank you very much ho so (laughs) 
<laughs> that is not a good example of not taking it seriously. I mean, personally, but <laughs> all that to say that uh, the shit happens, okay? And it's not always indicative of whether or not you're a great artist. Just see it for what it is. It's just It just means that simply it just wasn't what they were looking for at the time. And that's it. You just move on, keep doing your thing as an artist, keep your eyes open for other opportunities, and that's it. What didn't work for one show could be, per- could be a perfect fit for another. Another thing that I think is really important here as far as tips and advice is to not adjust your artwork to cater to what you think that they want. It's simply not worth it. It's not authentic. And you will have wasted your time and or materials. I mean, this goes for anything that you do artistically, really. But I think it's important to note it here because I could see some artists maybe just thinking, oh, well, this judge likes abstract expressionist type of art or this judge prefers artwork that's about American history or some shit and then you're out here doing work that isn't really your voice that you don't really care about and it's it's just just fuck that shit (laughs) I mean I guess if you just really are trying to challenge yourself and you don't care about none of that then sure go ahead and try it yeah if you don't care about what you might be wasting by trying to cater your work to match this to match the style of a particular judge of a show or for um, for a certain call for artists and fine go for it but I wouldn't advise it just in general you're better off just finding and applying to shows that are looking for your art, your type of art. Don't bend for anyone else ever. Another thing is that you're going to want to manage your expectations for, for these things. These shows, competitions, art fairs, etc., they're, they're not an end-all, be-all, okay? Just look at it as practice, if nothing else. It's a part of the process, but it shouldn't be taking up so much of your time and mental space that it's that, that, that applying to these things starts competing with the time that you're spent trying to get your work out there through all the other methods that you're trying. Because again, it could be, it can start to get rather expensive to apply to these things. And um, the applying to calls for artists should only just be a fraction, just a small fraction of what you're, you try to do to get your work out there. Just Try your hand for the the events that you feel strongly about and don't get too attached. Be happy if you're accepted and strengthen your determination if you aren't accepted. Just take what you can from the experience and applying and keep it pushing. And another really super important big thing here when you're applying is read the directions carefully and thoroughly i mean maybe that's 
goes without saying, but I'm telling you, one thing that these bitches do out here is that they have very specific requirements for applying, and you have to follow them to a T. Double, triple check that shit. (laughs) I mean, this may or may not be true, but I really think that some of these petty niggas out here that are calling for artists, they set these stringent requirements as a way to, to try to narrow the field. So, like, okay, your images were saved as PNG instead of JPEG. Oh, nope, you're out of here. Denied. 250 were answered to this question. Mm, Nope, fuck you. The limit was 248. Next. Now, I really do think that that's why they kind of come up with some of these guidelines. It's just a way to see who's paying attention and to have an easy, a a way to kind of easily... Um, pick apart some of these applications so instead of having to debate over the quality of the work they can just look at technicalities and get you the fuck up out of here that way (laughs) but I think they 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 ask for for these for these things in the way that they do because they have to surf through a fuck ton of applications fairly quickly so everything has to be formatted and Submit it by however they're requesting it. And it it really doesn't matter how good your work is. If you don't, if you miss something or if you don't follow the directions the way they're they're requiring, you really going to play yourself. So I I would really hate to see y'all go out like that. So I'm I'm really going to stress the point of just reading the directions and making sure that that shit is right on your end. And yeah, I've think that's about it yeah that's all i have for you today artists do your thing okay test yourself by sprinkling in applying to some of these calls for artists and shit i wish you good luck out here (laughs) was there anything that i missed don't be shy talk to me i talk back i really want to know what you think about this topic about calls for artists i want to hear the shit that you've had to deal with or if you had to deal with rejection or or shit did you win did something really pan out for you really well in applying to these calls for artists let me know all right you can tweet me at artlifecon or hit me up on instagram the art life confidential blog or wherever works for you (laughs) i want to know what you think about this episode and what your experience has been and i'll share the shit that i've been through Uh, with applying to these things (laughs) in the meantime keep creating have a great week y'all and i'll see you next time bye thank you for listening to art life confidential be a part of the hashtag artwork team community by following art life confidential on instagram facebook and twitter let me know where you're from and your creative focus if you heard something that you liked in this episode or think that it could help another artist in your life please share it with them. And while you're here, take a moment to rate Art Life Confidential on Apple Podcasts and let the Arts Work team know what you think about the show. Five stars and a quick thought is what we love to see, so let us hear you. I'll love you forever if you do. But if that's too much, then a simple subscribe and a listen will do. Art Life Confidential can be found on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. The intro-outro music was composed by Mark Sexton. This is your host, Tracy L. Turner, here to tell you to keep creating.